All right, so Francis Ngannou sat down with Arul Hawani for a lengthy conversation to explain why he chose not to renew his deal with the UFC. He is now a free agent. What is next for Francis Ngannou? Let's talk about it before we do. My name is Rahul Jaychand. This is The Battle Camp. Thank you very much for joining me. If you're new to my channel, please do consider subscribing. So look, man, <clears throat> first and foremost, when I watched that Dana White press conference where he dropped the bombshell, about the fact that the heavyweight title is now vacant the ufc are no longer in the francis and garner business and john jones and cyril Garn will be fighting for the privilege to be called a heavyweight champion of the world i was i was shocked because from what i'd seen on social media with regards to this contract situation between the ufc and francis and Garner, i thought a, a new deal was close i thought we would have an announcement imminently um where we'd see that francis and Garner is back and he'll be fighting someone like john jones or, or a stipe miocic um, so when I saw that press conference, <clears throat> it was clear to me that Dana White wanted to remain in the Francis Ngannou business. And it was, in fact, Francis Ngannou's choice not to be part of the UFC roster, which is why Dana White said the things he did with regards to the fact that he believes Francis Ngannou wants easier fights. He no longer wants to fight the best fighters in the world. And the fact that Dana White went out of his way to say that they offered him a deal that would make him the highest paid heavyweight in the history of the UFC. So I was really kind of um, interested to see what Francis Ngannou had to say in response to all of this. So the first thing is whether Francis Ngannou actually wants to fight the best in the world or not. <clears throat> um, I think anyone that has seen both interviews that has followed the sport um, for a considerable amount of time you'll 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 know that there isn't a fighter in the world that doesn't want to be in the biggest fights in the world because obviously being in the biggest fights in the world means that you um are offered the biggest prizes and a lot of these guys are doing this in a competitive spirit and they want to be known as the best the best that's ever done it the best that's currently doing it and i don't for a second believe that francis is shying away from the competition right but one thing that did kind of get my attention was this claim of uh, being the highest paid heavyweight in the history of the organization. And I thought to myself, well, if the UFC have kind of offered out this olive branch to Francis Ngannou, <clears throat> why hasn't he taken it? Why hasn't he taken this opportunity to earn millions and millions of dollars? So when I watched the Francis Ngannou interview, and as it went on, I had two kind of two main thoughts the first one is well i've spoken about this previously right i've made a video previously talking about francis Ngannou and his options outside of the ufc um i made a video saying straight after francis Ngannou jumped in the ring with tyson fury um was that after the dillian white fight i think it might have been after the dillian white fight I made a video saying that that fight isn't going to happen. There is no way that Tyson Fury is fighting Francis Ngannou when there's the likes of AJ out there, Anthony Joshua, that will provide a much, much, much bigger payday than someone like Francis Ngannou for Tyson Fury. I, I, I was a little bit cynical, might be the right word, about the opportunities that might actually be out there for Francis Ngannou. And I was a little bit concerned about um, whether Francis Ngannou's perception of his value in the market might be distorted because he's in this MMA UFC bubble. 
and I was worried that he felt that he could carry whatever kind of momentum he's got in MMA over to boxing and both are two totally different sports obviously and businesses and I didn't feel as though he would be able to get the kind of um, purses that he believed would be made available to him, right? That was then. Now, when I heard Francis Ngannou sit down with Arahawani and he said that he was offered um, um, around 8 million or something like that to fight John Jones specifically, um, he didn't really go into details about what the purses would have been for fights after the John Jones fight because that would have been next. Um, but just hearing those numbers and me with uh, a keen interest but not a lot of education in terms of the business side of both boxing and MMA, I was thinking to myself, he probably won't get offered that sort of money anywhere else. He won't get offered that money in boxing because he'd be coming in as an opponent. He wouldn't be the A-side. And nobody is going to give him multi-millions of dollars for a single night's work in the world of boxing unless there's an investor in the Middle East somewhere that is willing to pay a crazy site fee. And I didn't think that would be possible for him. So I was like, well, isn't this the goal? Because when Francis Ngannou spoke previously about his previous deal and, and, and the money he was making and how, <clears throat> how the money he was making in relation to the position he occupied in the heavyweight division of the UFC it didn't correlate, right? He was being underpaid in his in his opinion. And that's why he didn't sign a new deal. That's why he let his deal run out. Because he bet on himself effectively. He 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 uh, retained the heavyweight title against Cyril Garden and that gave him the leverage that he required to get the best deal possible from the UFC. <clears throat> so when they offered him, comparatively speaking to what we see other fighters in the organization make. A very good deal he still said no then he went on to talk about in this interview with Ara Hawani that some of the terms that he wanted in his deal were um, healthcare for the roster um, the ability for the roster to um, have their own sponsors while competing um, and I think there was one other thing that I can't I can't remember oh uh, a, a a fighter advocate that sits on the board that represents the fighters. So those were the three things that he pointed out in his interview with Arahawani. And then at that point when I heard that, I thought to myself, this man isn't really negotiating in good faith. He's not really negotiating in good faith because these are three things that would change the landscape of an organisation that is commercially very successful that has tried its best to avoid these three things that Francis Ngannou has asked for in his contract. And there is no way in hell that this massive organisation is going to change all of that to um, maintain hold of one fighter, one talent. Like, if you're negotiating with someone, it's because both of you want to arrive at the same place, but you both want to make sure that you get a good deal so if i'm selling a car and i've advertised it at ten thousand pounds if someone comes and offers me nine thousand three hundred there's room for a conversation here but if i'm selling a car for ten thousand pounds and someone comes and offers me two apples and 
a can of Coke, there's there's not a conversation to be had because th there's no way we're going to come to uh, an area that we both agree on. Do you know what I mean? So when I heard that Francis Ngannou was saying this, I was thinking to myself, what is the what is the whole like? <clears throat> Logically speaking, we know that the, the organisation aren't going to agree to this. And then it kind of clicked. It kind of clicked that Francis Ngannou probably has no intention of staying in the UFC. Irrespective of the fact that he's the champion. Irrespective of the fact that there is a pride there is a sense of pride that he's got in the in, in what he's achieved in the organization the people that he's beat the the hurdles that he's the obstacles and hurdles that he's had to overcome um his last fight fighting with that with that injury in his knee and still coming out as the winner it kind of i kind of thought to myself this guy has literally no intention on staying here and then you kind of look back at all of the interactions that francis Ngannou has had with the media the interactions that Dana White has had with the media, with Francis Ngannou in the public eye, when when Francis won his fight against Cyril Gunn, Dana White wasn't the man in the octagon wrapping the belt around him. Dana White didn't do a post-fight press conference that night. Francis Ngannou has been vocal about the fact that he feels he's been disrespected by the organisation for a consistent period of time. So it came down to not the money, it came down to respect. And I can totally understand Francis Ngannou for deciding, you know what, no matter what they offer me, I'm not going to take it. I'm not going to take it because I don't want to be here anymore. There's only so much money can do for you if you're if you're if you're getting if you're if you're getting paid by people that you don't want to be around do you know what i mean and i feel like that's where he where he arrived at and he was like i, I can't i can't do this anymore i've got enough i'm comfortable i know there's money to be made outside of this organization it might not be as much but i'm willing to risk it because i don't want to be here anymore and i can respect that to be honest with you like i can respect a man that doesn't sell his soul for a pound note and to me that's what francis and garnu has done and like if you go back to earlier on last week was it when francis and garnu put up a post on social media and his mum was sat there in a pfl shirt and then a week before when jake paul made that announcement about pfl and jake paul joining forces and they've now got this new pay-per-view division um, and all of the stuff about <clears throat> the the kind of the spirit of this new division is is, is ensuring that fighters get fifty percent of the revenue earned during these shows, and how Jake Paul is going to be a fighter advocate, and his manager is going to be there to ensure that fighters um, can 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 get paid as much as possible. Um, I don't know whether all of this stuff is just a massive coincidence or there's conversations that have had been had in the past and there's a deal that is very close to being announced. It wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't surprise me because you know for a fact PFL will allow Francis Ngannou to go out and box if you find someone to box. Um, they probably won't 
force him to stay confined within a contract where PFL have to be the promoters of any physical combat sporting event that Francis Ngannou is involved in. And that's where I put my money. I think that's what he'll be doing next. Um, <clears throat> if he wants to box, I can see a fight between him and Dylan White potentially in the works. Again, I don't think he'll get paid the, the $8 million that the UFC were offering, but it will be a it will be a top 10 ranked heavyweight that he'll be up against who just challenged for a world title six months ago, eight months ago, wherever it was. And he can test himself against uh, a heavyweight, a known heavyweight. But, like, <clears throat> I was worried for Francis Ngannou in terms of him maintaining momentum in his career and missing out on the ability to earn as much money as possible by not staying with the UFC. I was very skeptical about just how well he could do outside of the UFC. But sometimes it's not about the money. <clears throat> sometimes it's not about earning as much money as humanly possible. Sometimes it's just about being happy and at peace within yourself. And I suppose in a petty way, Francis Ngannou can always look back and think to himself, I won that belt and I walked out of that door with that belt. Because he can always have that. He can always have that, that, that thing to gloat about, that I'm the champion, I'm the heavyweight champion of the world, I'm, I'm the best MMA fighter in the world, until someone beats him. And it doesn't look like that's happening anytime soon, at least in the UFC. Let me know what you guys think about what I've said in this video. Feel free to comment anything that I might have missed. I, I, I do feel like there's something that I wanted to say, but I forgot, I've forgotten what it is that I wanted to say. So fuck it. It's down to you guys to remind me and then I can put it in, I can respond to it in the comments. But thank you for watching. If you've enjoyed this, please do like, comment, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. And I will catch you guys next time.